What is up, Fathom Fam? How y'all feeling today? Yeah? Yeah? All right. Yeah. Y'all doing all right? It's okay. We'll get you there. We'll get you there by the end of the day. Uh, it's so good to, to have you all in the house. If you're a guest with us, first time, second time, third time, maybe checking us out and just seeing what this place is about. I want you to know we've been praying for you. We've been thinking about you before you ever arrive. We don't make you do weird things. We just want to start a relationship with you and uh, help you grow in your relationship with God. And we think that this, this is a house that's just built on growing in faith and growing in family. And so if you're looking for a house to grow in faith and family, that, that you've found a good place. And so uh, we welcome you, welcome you here. Uh, we have a special guest in, in the house, uh, Dr. Ronnie Warren and his lovely wife, Suzette, is in the house today. Uh, and from what I understand, uh, uh, Ronnie is a, a Dr. Warren, Dr. Ronnie, I don't know what exactly go is uh, the director of mobilization for uh, a ministry called uh, Act for Israel Now. And uh, it's just an honor to have you guys with us. God's been speaking to my heart uh, uh, about, uh, about Israel and, uh, and just what that means in my life. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk with them and just see what God's doing and all that. So we're just thankful to have you all here. Uh, Long time ministry in the city and around the world. And uh, we're, we're about the Great Commission around here. That's, we, we don't have another mission statement other than what Jesus gave us. It's as simple as that, to go make disciples of all nations. And so I appreciate uh, your ministry and, and your life of service to the Lord and, and faithful, uh, leading many, many to him. So thank you so much for being here. It's, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, we are kicking off a brand new series today called uh, Legacy. And we've had an amazing weekend with our marriage conference. We've had just, God's just been doing so much. It's been amazing. Five people got baptized last week. It was an amazing day just to um, we got babies being born this weekend. We got all kinds of fun stuff that's going on, and uh, and I, I'm I'm thankful to to be right here with you. Y'all pray for my wife. She's out sick. She she muscled through the marriage conference this weekend. She's been this has been on her for like two or three weeks, and uh, it's just it's got to quit. So she decided to just stay in bed, and and uh, that's where she needs to be. That sometimes the, the 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 most spiritual thing you can do is sleep, and, and it really is, and and that's what her body body needs uh, right now. So uh, not too long ago, uh, my friend and local beekeeper, Zach Holtzoffel right here, uh, reached out to me. We hadn't talked in a, in a little bit uh, and part of the Fathom fam. And uh, he reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, uh, I want to take you to lunch sometime or I want to go to lunch and, and I, I want to talk to you about bees. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I was like, I saw a bee movie a long time ago and it's cool. I think bees are important. And so I'm like, Cool. Like, so we went and we talked. And, and then like the next day, like before I even met with Zach, my neighbor was talking to me about wanting to put a beehive in his backyard. And I just, um, I was like, that, that's cool. Like he's into it too. And like all of a sudden, like I'm thinking about bees a lot and uh, <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about it. And, and so I, I just kind of began, and then we went to a honeybee festival, I think before we actually were able to get together and, uh, and that was really cool. And so I just like learned a lot about bees in like a month and, uh, got to, and I started doing research and I was kind of blown away with what I found. Again, I'd seen bee movie, but I learned more Beyond B movie, that's you know that, that wasn't. There's more out there besides B movie uh, when it comes to, to knowing about bees and and um, and so something kind of fun that we're doing because you know like bees are, are, are so essential in um, our our world and uh, not for just pollination but uh, I, I really enjoy honey and, and and they pollinate so many vegetables and Albert Einstein actually said if the bee population died off um, human civilization like humans would die within four years is what he said. 
And, and so because of deforestation, and particularly in South America and, and around here uh, too, because of deforestation and, and, and uh, unhealthy chemicals that are, are killing um, a lot of the bees in, in uh, all over the world. And so that's kind of just some real talk. We're keepers of the earth, and so we need to actually think about that. So we're actually going to put some beehives, which is just fun. It's just something fun we're going to do out in, uh, out in the woods uh, here next year, right, in the spring. So uh, we have actually have some other folks that are part of the Fathom fam that are into beekeeping. But this conversation just got me learning about bees, and uh, I was really moved. I mean, there's 20,000 species of bees out there. 20,000 species. Like, why do we need 20,000 different species of bees? But uh, apparently there is, we're probably most familiar with honeybees and, and that there's these different types of bees and they all have different roles and, and they have, uh, you know, in the hive and, and they, they live a really short life. I don't know if you knew that, but but uh, you've probably heard, like, you know, once they sting, like, they, they die. Um, but drone bees, which are the male bees, they only last about, live about eight weeks, right? I mean, is that something accurate there? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check to my local beekeeper here and just make sure I'm getting this right. And then worker bees in the summer will only live about six weeks. I mean, that's a, that's a short lifespan. Uh, in the winter months, they'll, they'll survive longer, maybe five months or so. Queen bees live the longest, and it's maybe a few years, kind of at, at, at the most. And so they live these very short, meaningful lives. And the scriptures tell us that this life is a vapor and really remind us all that we all live pretty short lives in the grand scheme of what the earth has existed, for how long it's existed. We're here for what? A, a blink of it? It's, it's a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. But in this blink of an eye, there is such deep meaning and purpose. And like these bees that have their different roles, like we're, we're called to work together in, 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 for one purpose, and it's for the glory of God and the, the continuing of his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And, and with the bees, they have one purpose, like in that short, meaningful life, it's to expand the hive. It's to grow the hive. And, and I just think over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about legacy. Um, we're going to talk about legacy. And I, and I want through this series, I, I don't want to just talk about the next generation, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. But I, I want to talk to you about purpose, living a life of purpose and, and a life of generosity and that the short time, whatever it looks like for all of us, like it, we make it count. We make it matter. Our lives stand for something. They mean something. And they're to, to keep, uh, continue the kingdom of God. Obviously, when you think about legacy, uh, legacy, it's something I've been honestly meditating and contemplating a lot over the past couple of years, not just for my own life, but for our church. Um, what does it look like for us to leave a legacy and to, and to live a legacy? And so that's really the, the title of this message today, to, to, to live a legacy um, but over the past couple of years, I've been contemplating this a lot, and, and I've just been thinking about what God's been doing as far as the next generation in our church over the past couple of years. We've launched our student ministry, and uh, David and Sophia Napier are doing an amazing job leading that. Um, we're so thankful for you guys. If you have students who are not connected to student ministry, they're missing out on an incredible opportunity to grow in, in, in their relationship with Christ and just proud. In fact, a bunch of our students this weekend were serving uh, our marriage conference and helping care for, for, for our, our children as uh, we were here. And, uh, and we're able to put money in their, their account for their, their uh, youth trip next summer. So we're pumped about that. It's going to be an amazing 
life-changing uh, uh, week there together. Uh, so we started that, and the next few weeks, we're going to be making a transition with, uh, in our kids' ministry, like just for current, like I think in, in our pre-K room at one point, which was like three to, to five or six, like there's like 18 kids like half the weekends in that room. And, and if you've seen the room, it's a tiny room, and so we're kind of moving spaces. And so what's been our nursery is not going to be our nursery anymore. It's going to be a pre-K room, and we're actually completely remodeling. If you walk in there, you'll see we're remodeling that side and putting new floors and this side because we've got some subfloor issues. And, and many of you will know that we started a, a, a major campaign. Phase one of, of this campaign of For the Story uh, was this renovation that we, we completed last year. And, and we're in the middle of continuing to raise money for a next-gen building that's going to go right behind us, uh, right back here. And I'm, I'm pumped about that. You guys know we need it. And I'm, I'm just uh, praying that God will continue to provide for that. And for those of you that have been giving to that, so faithfully. This, this runway has been longer than what we want it to be. Thank you for your faithfulness. We, we've got about $15,000, and we're going to break ground on this thing. I, I, there's probably somebody who could, could stroke a check today and make that happen. I just believe by faith. Like, we're going to move at the pace of our faith. Like, that, that's, that's what the pace we're going to move, and we're not going to take on debt. We just believe God's got it, and, and we're just going to walk in, in faith and trust him for that. But I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Let's continue to just believe for that. So I'm not raising money today, but I want to speak to us about purpose and talk about living a life of legacy. And I want to go to uh, a passage in Judges chapter two, um, Judges chapter two, and we're going to read verses six through 11 uh, this morning. Judges chapter two, verses six through 11. Beginning with verse six. <clears throat> After Josh, Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to his own inheritance. And the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua uh, and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance at timnath Herez in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that whole generation had gathered up to their fathers, they died. <laughs> Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor um, what he had done for Israel. Uh, the, then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers. It goes on and on. And God's angry that they had forsaken the Lord and began to worship other idols. And, and I just began to reflect on this text that this came right after like major victory, like the major fulfillments of a promise of God giving his people a promised land, a land to come and take residence in, in which they could grow and, and populate the earth and continue to establish his kingdom on earth as in heaven. Even before Jesus spoke uh, those words, that was God's intention all along and as victorious of a leader that Joshua was, that he was the one that after Moses died, uh, Moses led the people through the wilderness, but it was Joshua who was able to lead them into the promised land. And so after they, they went in there, this great victory, they, they kind of went and they all went to their own inheritance. And like, great victory. And then they all just kind of settled into like their camp. And, and they served the Lord. And, 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 and they, they, they labored in that season well, I believe. But one thing they lacked and one thing they forgot to do, which is to make sure the next generation has what they need. And what they need is to know the Lord and to know what he's done, to have personal encounters with what he's done. And, and I want to just begin to tease this out because 
It's our responsibility. And I'm not saying me as a church or us as a church. I'm saying you in your life. Like we are called, just like every bee has its role and that each of us has a role to carry on that the next generation would know. They would know him and have a relationship with him. So I just want to give you a few thoughts on this this morning. Uh, And the first principle really I'd say is we've got to live it first. We've got to live it first uh, I started out in ministry, uh, got hired before I ever graduated um, university, and uh, I, I showed up at 21 years old. I couldn't grow facial hair, and the joke around the church was that every single time uh, I was at the church, which was every day, I got dropped off by my mom. And they loved that joke. They thought that was hilarious. And, and so at 21 years old, can't um, grow a beard, uh, which now it's, it's, it's sort of there. It's been, been a little bit of time. But um, that joke just continued, and, and here I was leading people who were three and four times more my age uh, in ministry and, and, and pastoring and leading. And, um, you know, there was a lot of challenges that one of the things that uh, the church decided to do a, a parents conference. So we're actually doing an event called Parent Real Talk. So if you're a parent in the house, I think it's November 9th or 10th. It's that second Saturday. That Saturday morning, I would invite you to be here. We're going to have an amazing uh, weekend. We just did a big marriage conference. This is just kind of like a, a morning seminar that we just want to, we're actually going to have a guest speaker here that's going to just pour in and really help us navigate some of the phases we're walking through with our children, whether that's getting them out of the house phase or whether that's just the beginning uh, of ones and twos or wherever you're at. We want to help and, and encourage you. So mark that on your calendar. But, but I got asked to speak at this parents' conference. I can't even grow a beard. Uh, we don't have kids. We've been married like a year and a half at this point. I'm like, what in the world do you want me to speak at a parents' conference? What in the world do I have to say? I, I, I'm not, not a parent. And, and so I ended up saying, okay, like you want me to do it? I'll just kind of figure out an angle in which I can approach this and worked all that out. But you know, now lo- looking back many years uh, later, um, uh, uh, more than a decade later, I'm, I'm thinking through that and now as a parent of an eight-year-old, I feel like I've got some experience under my belt as pastoring all these years. I've spent a lot of time. People, I've got, I feel like I've got a voice to, to speak into that. And I think the reality of, of what God wants to get through us is that we've got to live it first. We've got to live it first. And, and the reality is that we've all lived a lot. <laughs> um, whether you're 16 years old or you're 65 years old or 75 years old, uh, you, you've lived a lot. There, there's a lot that we can take from this life. And, and like I had to work through and figure out an angle in which I could invest in that moment, we, we've got to figure out that, that angle. And, and what I would call it is our story, a testimony. There's, and, and what I, I find is that so many of us, when we begin to think about it, when we begin to meditate on it, we can think about a lot that God has brought us through. We can think about stories of, of seasons of deep depression where you wanted to commit suicide, but you're still here, and, and seasons in which you should have died in that accident, but you're, you're still here, or, or you should, the doctor said you wouldn't be living this long, and, and, and here you are, and, and, and because of your addiction, you, you could have killed you a long time ago and ran yourself into the ground, but because God's grace, and I just feel like so many of us were sitting on a story, we're sitting on a testimony that, that, that we've, we actually have lived. I don't care if it was last year or last week. It's a story of God's grace. And when we connect those things, all of a sudden we know like that's, it's not for naught. God uses everything and nothing's wasted. And he wants to use it for, for our good and for his glory. And the scriptures say that we're made overcomers by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the lamb, what Jesus did for us and us telling others about what Jesus did for us. It's powerful. And, and I think the best way that we can pass on our faith to this next generation is to live out real faith. 
Like, I'm not talking about marginal, nominal faith. Like, that's not going to get passed on. At best, you'll get some religion passed on. If you want to pass it on to your children and to the, your coworkers and, and to, to a legacy, then live out real faith that, that's like, oh, like, that had to be God. That, that had to be God. And when we live it out first, I, I mean, to, to live it out first and be able to tell that, that means you've had to walk through some seasons that if not for the faithful, faithfulness of God, you wouldn't be here. If not for the faithfulness of God, you would have bottomed up a long time ago. And, and so we reflect on those things. And we choose to no longer sit on those stories, but use them as testimonies to speak it, speak it out and to, to pass on those stories. Uh, Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth and he says that which for uh, what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ um, died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he goes on, but of first importance. There's a lot of things that we want to pass on. There's a lot of things we want to tell everybody. Like I'm as passionate about social justice as, as anyone, but there's nothing that's more important to me than, than passing on what Jesus Christ did for me. And I know like there's a journey in us learning to express that, but I just want to speak this so boldly into your life and even prophetically this morning that God wants to release the testimony from your lips. He, he wants to, and it's going to change somebody's life if you'll just be bold enough just to take a step. It's not just bless those who hear, it's bless those who take a step and speak it out of your lips. And I just believe that there's going to be so much um, power in that today. The first thing is we, we've got we've to live it. We've got to live it out first. The second thing is to play your part. You know, in, with Israel, they all went to their own kind of places, and they had been traveling for many, many years all together, and there was this connectedness to them, and, and still uh, the tribes would be spread out, but I think there's something to this connectedness in which we realize that we play a specific role. When I was studying about the bees, uh, there's one particular role that kind of stuck out to me. The worker bees, they do what they do. They work. Um, the queen bees do what they do. They queen. Um, and the drone bees, I was like, what's that? The drone bees are the male bees, and they have a little bit of a depressing life, um, but very purposeful. For those eight weeks, they have one purpose. Like their part is to impregnate the queen, nothing else. They fly around, thousands of them, and they're just looking for a queen to impregnate. Some single guys, like, that, that's your life. And, it, and there's more meaning. There's more meaning to that. <laughs> but these drone bees, that's their life. As they go, and they have one purpose, and it's to impregnate. But as, as, as depressing as that seems, it's so meaningful that it, it's, they're essential to the fabric of uh, the growing of the hive. And I just want to tell you, like, God's put things, he's put gifts, he's put passions, he's put skills inside of your being and your giftedness that are to expand the hive. You have, you have purpose and you have meaning. Like, I know when, when you grind in the nine to five throughout the week, I don't know what you, yours, I don't know how passionate you are about your career. 90% um, of people are not very passionate about their career, so I know I'm speaking to the majority when I say, I know you struggle to find meaning in what sometimes just feel like you're, you're a part of a machine to find your part. But, but I, I want to speak to you in the body of Christ. You play a part that is essential 
that is essential to the growing of the hive. And God wants to bring you into a depth of understanding to know the role you play and and the part you play and to have passion and feel meaning and significance within that. Uh, uh, Paul is talking again in Corinth to the church at Corinth, and he does it in 1 Corinthians 12, he does it in Ephesians 4, he does it in Romans 12. And here we'll look just for a second at, at 1 Corinthians 12. He says there's different uh, kinds of gifts, but the same spirit that distributes them. There's all these different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. They're all different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. It's, it's not just for you. So just like I said, we're, we're sitting on stories. We're sitting on gifts. We're sitting on spiritual gifts. We're sitting on passions and, and skills that can be used for the, the, the growth of the kingdom and expanding that. And maybe you've been sitting on that skill, that gift, that passion. And maybe you're like, okay, pastor, I'll buy in, but I have no idea what that is. I, I don't see it. Like, we want to we help you. We, we want to help you. Like, it is. It's a lot to understand. And some of you have seen some wacky versions of what that looks like. And, and we want to teach you biblically on what that looks like because there is so much meaning. More than what you can even kind of wrap your brain around, there's so much meaning in there to operate together. There's all these different kinds of gifts. Some are prophecy and some are administration and service and helps and giving. There's all these different types of gifts really in our DNA sessions, which is kind of the starting line for everyone here at, at Fathom. Many of you have been through DNA sessions. That, that actually happens today. DNA session one happens today. And we just kind of let you get to know who we are as a church. And then next weekend after church, we'll spend some time helping you get to know these gifts and, and having it start in a conversation. It, we, we, we walk you through that process. And so if you're in that place, we, we want to help you today. I, I meant to ask you this before, but I was talking with um, Sandra this more, uh, a couple of days ago, and something she had talked to me about a little while back um, was just like, like there was something that was on her heart to really lean into, and, and I loved it. It was a passion. It was a passion that was in her heart to care for the poor, um, and, and I loved getting a call this week, and we were just chatting, and, and she said, I'm getting to lean into that now. I was just so excited about that because God has put passions inside of you that are different from other people, that, that are reflective of his heart, and, and God wants you to lean into those and take action and not sit on those passions and giftedness for long, okay? So uh, my prayer for you is that, that you will get up, find what that passion is, and then put it to service in his kingdom no matter what that part is. The final thing that I really want to speak into us is, is pretty simple, and it's just to be faithful to pass on what you have. So we got to live it out first. We got we to figure out and play our part, but we got to be faithful to pass it on. That, uh, like, I'll just use Jackie for an example. She has a real passion for prayer, and, um, and it's, a, it's a gift. Uh, intercessory prayer is a gift, and so uh, you don't know this, and I'm not saying this to embarrass you, um, and she wouldn't tell you this, but, but every single Sunday morning she shows up at the time our band shows up and she just walks and prays the sanctuary and she just intercedes uh, on behalf of you and behalf of this team and the ministry that goes on today. Like, I mean, first of all, that ought to be honored in, in this house. I mean, it really ought to, ought to be honored. Um, and that's one of the things that, that the scriptures say about gifts. The ones that aren't seen should be honored the most. Like the ones that aren't seen, the ones that are in the background, we got to make sure we slow down and we, we thank God for those and, and, and honor those people for those. Um, but, but it's passing that on. It's not just having, it's passing that on. So what's the thing that you've been sitting on? 
that like maybe it's a story, maybe it's a gift, and I want you to be faithful to, to pass it on to someone else. Bring somebody along for the journey and find someone that, that does that. Like, you know what? I've got a passion. I would like to grow, grow in that. I'm going to show up with Jackie. You know, if it's every week, if it's every other week, I'm going to show up with Jackie, and I'm just going to come, and I'm just going to intercede on behalf of this body. Um, in Matthew 25, Jesus, uh, many of you have probably heard the story of the parable, what's called the parable of the talents. And and when it's talents, you think gifts, um, but really Jesus tells the story. And don't you love that Jesus is a storyteller? I, I, I love to tell stories. I, I, I'm trying to get better and better at telling stories because we all connect to stories. That's why Jesus spoke through stories. And this story is about a master who was quite wealthy, like, like ridiculously wealthy. I mean, just think of like someone super, super wealthy, Bill Gates style, wealthy and this master in Jesus' story comes, and he comes to these three individuals, these three uh, servants of his, and, and to one he entrusts five talents of money. It's, it's not, Jesus isn't really talking about talents, and we'll take that parallel and apply it in that way um, as we do, but um, Jesus is using the illustration of money, that, that he entrusted five talents of money, which at that time was about $5,000. So just think about two, like inflation over 2,000 years, that could, those are probably like a million dollars now. So, I mean, it's just so much money that he entrusted to one individual. And the next individual he came to, he said, I'm going to give you $2,000. At that time, maybe $2 million today, lots of money. And to the third, he gave one talent of money, a million dollars. A lot of times we think the one is little. You know, we think like, that's a lot of money. I don't know about you. At that time, that was a boatload of money, a lifetime worth of money he entrusted to this one individual. And the story goes in Matthew 25 that, that um, the master returns after being gone a long while. And I think there's something to that. I think there's something to things that we know that we ought to care for, things we, ought, we know we ought to be invested in. And when time goes by, when, when kind of the urgency is away, like if I said, hey, I, I'm giving you 50 bucks, um, I need you to double that this week. This week, I, like by next Sunday, can you double that money? Um, you'd probably make it happen. But if I said, hey, like next year, if you can double that money, you'd probably wait till the last minute and you'd lose thought of it. And I think so many times with the giftedness, with the, the things that we are called to invest in, the stories that we are to pass on, we just kind of get distant from them and the urgency. And, and, and I think of anything, I mean, there was a, a, a song we were singing earlier about the earth shaking, uh, the earth waking. I, there's something to that that we ought to know about the urgency to spread the gospel and to live out our purpose and meaning because like those bees, our lives are short. This life is a vapor. And we, we got to make the most of the moment and make the most uh, of today. And this story goes on and, and they re, uh, the master re, finally returns and he returns and he asked the five, you know, who he gave five talents. He said, how'd you do? And he's like, good boss, I, I doubled your money. And he's like, high five. This is Kyle's version, Kyle's translation. And he goes to the next one who had two and, um, uh, and he says, how'd you do? He goes, I did great, boss. I, I doubled the money. Awesome. I'm proud of you. He comes the third one, and the one's like, man, I know you. I know you are a tough, you're a tough boss, and, and I know you, you, you invest, and, and I know that you, you want to reap in fields in which you have not harvested, and, and he says, so I, so I buried it. I protected it for you, and I think some of us, we're protecting the gift of God that's within us. We're protecting some things. We're sitting on some resources. We're sitting on some gifts and passions that, that could be used for his kingdom today. 
And, and we hope to be finding a moment, uh, a significant moment to invest ourselves in that. Um, and I think a lot of times we look down on the one and, and, and God's not going to keep us accountable for what we don't have and, and how we'll invest what we don't have. He's going to be keeping us accountable for, for what we do have. What, what do we do with what we were entrusted with that story? Uh, you know, uh, my wife's not here so I can talk about her. Um, you know, a long time ago, she, she grew up in a, in a Christian uh, home. Her dad's a pastor, um, as is mine. And, and early on in our marriage, we had a, a thing at our church at the time. We were really exploring this idea of story and our testimony. And, and we were both young 20s at the time. And, and she kept saying, I don't really have a story. I don't really have a testimony. And it always broke my heart. I'm like, yes, you do, babe. Like, your story's incredible. But what she was saying, I was like, I don't have this story in which I went way off the deep end and I ran so hard from God. She was saved at a young age and, and has walked faithfully with the Lord since. Like, praise God. Like, I'm, like, it's amazing. I'm like, but she was in herself. She's like, I don't have a story. It's just, it's just one. I'm just protecting that story. And it was just amazing to watch how God worked in her heart in that season that like, oh, wait. That is, that is kind of an amazing story of God's grace and, his, and the testimony of his goodness that, that I didn't miss it. It's not missing my generation. It's being passed on. And, and, and so I, I, I just want you to know that God has placed something inside of you for you to pass on. There's an instrument, in, in, interesting dichotomy in the scripture when it comes to poverty. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And there's other parts that, that says that he's called us into a life of abundance, that he wants our life to be overflowing. And, and I think we get this dichotomy, we get it wrong. Um, and I think what we're called to have and what God, the life that he's calling us to, to, to lead is a life that's a poverty of spirit, but an abundant mindset. And I think we get that the other way around. We have an abundant spirit, not that we're filled up, but that we, we're abundant to ourselves. That, that we're not in need of a Savior. We're not in need of that. So we've got this abundant spirit, and Jesus calls us to have a, a, a poverty spirit, like a, a, a poor in spirit, a, a humble spirit that says, I need you, Jesus. You are my provision. And, and to have an abundance mindset, they're like, no, I'm an heir. Because when we have a scarcity mindset, whether it's money or talent or a story, and like I don't have much, then we, we don't use it. We do exactly what the guy in the story did. But when we are faithful with that, and we have an abundant mindset, but a poverty spirit, like, God, whatever I have is yours. It's not much, but it's yours. I, I can be, it's okay, because I know you're going to supply it, because you're my source. Like, you gave me that story, you're going to give me another story. Like, I'll just tell you, uh, the, the past seven years, I love preaching. I, I do. I don't know if you think it's like a labor of love. It's really not for me. I, I really enjoy it. I love studying. It's a passion of mine. Um, but every single week, I feel like I pour out my heart, I pour out everything I know, and I step into the next week, I'm like, God, give me something fresh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just pour it out, because I just know he's going to give it, and, and I feel like at sometimes I have these messages, I'm like, oh, I should probably spread this out into a series in case God doesn't give me anything else, and I'm just like, no, I'm just going to pour it out today, and, and, and that's why I preach like 50 minutes sometimes, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, it's just these three things. We've got to live it first. Play your part. If your, if your gift is service, do it well. If your gift is administration, do it well. If your gift is, is working in the yards, do it well with all your heart. If your gift is leadership, if your gift is giving, if your gift is prophecy, whatever it is, do it well. Play your part. 
and let's, let's pass on what we have because I don't want to end up, sadly, like this gener- generation after Joshua. They didn't know the Lord. And so we got to pass off what we have, pass off our gifts, pass off our stories and lead this next generation to know him. And that'll be our legacy. Um, I've been just saying it all the time that we invest in the next generation because they'll lead us sooner than we think. And uh, it's just, it's, it's been resonating within my heart years ago. She's not here today, uh, but many of you know Miss Joni. She sits back here. Um, she's just an, an amazing, amazing lady. I didn't know she was a painter. Did you guys know she's a painter? She's an, a really amazing painter. She's in her late 70s, early 80s. I, I don't really remember her exact age, but I met Miss Joni. Um, for those of you that don't know the story, we moved here, my wife and I, in 2012. Um, and at that time, we were meeting in my home, and um, we were just building a team. We were planning to launch in the fall of September, uh, or September of 2012. And about a month after we were in our home, we got a call from a, a, a local pastor here. And um, he said, hey, uh, Pastor, we know you're here. Um, we, we know you don't have a building. You're searching for a place to meet. He said, well, there is this church um, that is has shriveled up and died, is kind of how he said it. Uh, there was uh, a few uh, senior adults left, and, and that was it. And the pastor quit, and there's no church. And there's, there's, there's three people. And so they're shutting down the church this Sunday. He's like, um, I like you first write a refusal to, to come and look at it. And so I said, okay. So we made plans to meet that next week. Came down here, and it was a, it was a nightmare. I mean, it was just a nightmare. Everything you see today, it looked nothing Nothing. No piece of carpet, no piece of paint, no roof, no parking lot. Uh, there was mildew on everything. There was water damage everywhere. There was giant tube TVs hanging up all, uh, random places. And, um, and, and back in, in uh, the corner of uh, that kid's building, what's now like our work room, back in that corner, there was, uh, the room was filled with boxes. And this was 2012. The room was filled with boxes of cassette tapes like from floor to ceiling, completely packed. I'd never seen anything like it. Blank cassette tapes and cassette tape cases. And so we got an entire 30-yard, you're in construction, you know, a 30-yard uh, roll-away dumpster. That's a lot of space. It's a lot of space. We filled that with the amount of tapes, boxes of tapes that were in there, an entire roll-away dumpster. So we're doing this. There's roaches and spiders and stuff everywhere. I mean, just as we're going through it, we clear it out. And, and back in there, there is this diorama of some vision. It was just this diorama of what they wanted this property to look like. And it stopped me in my tracks. And I was just like, whoa, whoa. There was, there was vision here. Maybe not clear vision. Tape ministry in 2012 doesn't seem like a great idea. <laughs> Whatevs. Somewhere the vision was buried and had been lost from the last generation. There was three individuals, Miss Joni, some of you know Miss Joyce who passed away, and and another gentleman named Vance, and they came and and they joined our new church, and um, I've I've loved them. And and Miss Joni, the reason I I bring her up is because every time just, she she just, she loves this house. She loves the spirit of this house, and, and, and what makes her the happiest is to see all these young kids running around, to see, to see the children, to see the families. It, it just delighted her heart because Miss Joni was a part of another church that closed and, and kind of put into that church. And then, and then that church closed. She had seen a lot of dying churches. And, and the reality 
of the American church right now is this week, there'll be about 150 churches that'll close, okay? In Jacksonville, I don't know how many will start this week, but I know because of our population growth, we need to plant a lot more churches just to keep up with population growth to minister to people. Some of you are like, there's new churches everywhere. I'm like, good, there needs to be more. Uh, there needs to be a lot more. So just to keep up with population growth, let alone all those that, that, that are shutting down, there's just a lot of dying churches, and it breaks my heart. So I, I brought this truth that, hey, or this, we prayed about it for a month, and after that, and, and ran the numbers, we brought it to the team in place at our home, and we said, hey, guys, here's an opportunity for, this, is, this can be an incredible miracle, or it's not going to go well, because we need a lot more money to make this happen, because uh, it needed about a quarter million dollars worth of work, and, and, and so we, we stepped into that season and, and said yes to it, but they were so excited, and I was a total buzzkill. I said, look, before we celebrate this, we're going to celebrate it, but we need to mourn churches that have died in this city. So we need to see the reality of what we're stepping into because we're going to plant life there. We're going to plant a life-giving church, but we got to understand the reality to pass on and, and to not just be a church that's about ourselves, that's about his kingdom, not just be people that are about ourselves, but to have selfless vision and selfless service that we will pass on what we have to help others. So I, I meet with church planners throughout the city and just encouraging them to start churches and just ready to do what we can to support them. And, and you say, well, pa- like church planning is not my passion. I, I don't really know my gift. Uh, I think God can stir in our hearts today that we can have a passion for our city and for the next generation to carry this on much further. Will you stand with me? And I want to pray with you, and this team's going to lead us. And this time, as they lead us, I just want you to pray to the Lord and just say, God, what are you speaking in my life? Am I sitting on a story right now that I forgot about? Just time went on. I kind of settled in my own inheritance. Am I sitting on some resources? Am I, am I sitting on some gifts in my life right now that you want me to be using and passing on to somebody. I believe all of us, we're probably sitting on something that we can use to to move the kingdom of God forward just like those bees. Let's live lives of purpose. God, we thank you that, God, you find us. You, you, You didn't come to this world to condemn us, but to save us, to redeem us, and to bring us into your glorious plan and purposes for our life. God, I pray that today would be a day in which none of us walk out of this room thinking, I don't have a purpose, I don't have a part, but God, somehow in this time, you'll bring to our memory stories of testimonies of, man, that was God's grace working, of your faithfulness, God. You'll you'll, uh, enlighten us, God, over the next coming weeks. You'll bring us to understanding, God, about our own gifts, that we can pass that on and use that for the furthering of your kingdom. God, and in our lives, God, would we be found faithful? Whatever it is, five, two, one, whatever we've got, God, we will be found faithful to invest it, God. And you can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's our heart today. We thank you for your love and your purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. There's gonna be some folks again at the crosses if you'd like to pray. Maybe over your purpose, over your gift, you just want somebody to, to join with you in that. They'd love to pray with you. So come as you are.